0: Thank you for listening to this message. I trust that you are blessed by it. We have prayed that the Holy Spirit would use this message to inform, equip, and empower you. You can find out more about the ministry of Grace Chapel Assembly of God at gracechapelmagnolia.org on the web. If you'd like to learn more about the church or to help support our ministry, you'll find all that information on the website. God bless you. Maybe I enjoying the sermon series. Um, gosh, I too, have to enjoy um, studying and preparation for it. I feel like I've got a lot to learn, a life to learn, um, to be able to really be good in these areas. Um, but uh, I, I uh, with the Holy Spirit's help, and with um, being interested and looking at it, just kind of so great. Uh, I think that these things are, are a blessing to us. Uh, I believe that the Word of God is true. And I believe that if we get into it, we begin to apply into our lives that it has very, very practical um, benefits that uh, will we'll, uh, we'll minister to us. Uh, we know that we're body, soul, and spirit. Right? And so God wants to minister to us in body, soul, and spirit. And so, there is so much that's to into the Scriptures that uh, helps us and... Uh, look forward to study this morning as well. So this morning we're gonna be talking about this, this topic called embracing adulthood. Okay, embracing adulthood. And um, <laughs> I see some of you going, Oh no, here we go. Embracing adulthood and so, just kind of as a recap of the healing body. As I mentioned, you know, as like we walked through this the last four weeks, it's been it's been very, I think, very beneficial today. And I think that it's also going to be a challenge How many of you still love the pastor? I'm going to say it now. How many of you still love the pastor after this message? Is over. We'll see. We'll see. It's, it's it's going to be good. You're going to. I think you're going to get a lot from it. We've talked about, let me just kind of recap what we have talked about. That is that um, we talked initially about using grace, truth, and time wisely. And using grace, truth, and time wisely, recognizing that those three things are a part of life. And as we walk in those things and uh, work with others, as well as ourselves, that so we are blessed with The other is receiving life from others, or connecting, a okay? connection that network. Is that relationship that is so so powerful? And um, as we do that, then um, God blesses us in it. We are people that are not intended to be alone, but we are intended to be together. The third one was what I call property management 101. So it was about boundaries, understanding where our boundaries lie, where other people's boundaries lie, and then being able to take care of that. And then the thing being responsible for the things inside of your own property. We talked about that. And then last week we talked about learning to navigate the good and the evil of life. Learning to to navigate the good and the evil of life and um, understanding that was important for us to be able to be healthy to understand not only our lives, but the lives of others that are around. around. Now many of you have asked for notes, you've asked for references, and all that kind of stuff, and I really appreciate that, because uh, i love to do that, be able to share with you. Most of that information comes from the book Dr. Henry, Henry Clark, um Changes That Heal, and if you want to see it, just give an idea of what it looks like it's out the foyer. On the discipleship board up there. So um, I would encourage you, if this interests you, and I'll hopefully it will, and get into it. Or these least go to Right Now Media and you can see the two different versions of the same material that are on Right Now Media that you can go to and then watch those things. Um, so this sermon this morning is the last in this series. Okay? It focuses on embracing the position that God has given us as adults. Embracing the position that God has given us as adults. So, I've got two scriptures that I want to share with you. The first one comes from the New Testament, First Corinthians chapter thirteen, eleven. Paul, of course, writing, he says, "When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. And when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me." I could have chosen a number of different scriptures from the New Testament where it expresses a similar thought. This one's pretty clear. It's right there in that in that simple verse right there, and it is this idea of there is this progression that takes place in all of our lives as we go from childhood into adulthood. Can you say amen? amen. The second verse is this. Now I, I um, put this in here, and it, it says this. This is. After Job and Job's counselors have talked and sort of gone back and forth for 37 or so chapters, he gets to chapter 38, and God answers the responds to Job, and he says to Job, he says, Brace yourself like a man, and I will question you, and you will answer me, and you shall answer me. Brace yourself like a man. In other words, God looks at Job and says, Man up. Right? Man up, I'm going to talk to you as an adult, get ready to hear what I have to say. And I think that God wants to talk to us like adults, if we're adults. If we're children, He's going to meet us at the place of our need, or the point of our need. But it is this idea of, let's be adults, let's act like adults. And that's the challenge. Now, the Bible assumes that we're adults. The Bible assumes that we are adults. It's the concept of being an adult under the entire Bible. Can you say Amen? Just a little loud today, or I'm yelling. All right. if I'm yelling. I'm not. i left my him. But the Bible under, undergirds the entire thing—the the entire idea of being an adult. You can read the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is written from a man to his son, saying, "Look, I need you to—I I want to give you this information so that you become a man." There's this understanding of this progression that takes place, and every one of us is a can to read Proverbs and walk away from it and go. Pretty heavy stuff, right? important stuff for us to be able to understand. So Proverbs presumes that he's talking to a man. If we be asking, he takes the great themes of human life and it writes the off op- as adults, expecting that we can take and understand those great themes of life and that we can say, you know what, I still am a part of these themes, and so I am an adult. The Song of Solomon He's sharing a picture of intimacy as couples, and an analogy of God's love for us. As adults, we understand what's taking place in Song of Solomon, and we say, "Hey God, I want to have that intimate relationship with you as well." And embrace also the practicality of that, of that book as well. And then you've got the Gospels. The Gospels introduce Christ by powerful action; it demands a response of faith. It wasn't just some kind of weak need individuals that went into the Gentile world and took a message that nobody had ever heard before and being willing to face up to taking stones evil, to be to face up to the persecution that was going to take place or the arguments that are going to ensue. There was an expectation that there were adults that they were writing to. Are you with me this morning? The entire New Testament might like, demonstrate the gospel of a, new, of, of, a, of a new covenant, but it's not easy. Adulthood is not easy. Okay, we all have difficulty embracing adulthood. I want to go ahead and introduce one more time, Dr. Henry Cloud, and we're going to listen to this for about nine minutes, and then we'll move into the rest of my, my statement, but I want him to kind of set it up early this morning. good stuff. It's a lot to unpack. And as I'm sitting there listening to him and as I've done the study, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of walking through it going, man, it seems like I'm pushing 55 years old and it seems like there are still issues that I'm trying to figure out. as the whole adulting process and uh, how do I detach from this and how do I, you know, all that kind of stuff. It just seems like it's an ongoing process. Maybe that is for the rest of my life as well. You know, in this passage um, he mentions that Passage here from Galatians, Galatians 4, 1 and 2. but What I'm saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and until the time set by his father. And I'll just echoing here what Dr. Paul said, but there is this progression that we go through. Now we understand, especially if you're in our community groups, what's being talked about there in those chapters in Galatians 3 and 4. And that's that coming out from under the old law, the old ritual that took coming into the new covenant of freedom that we have in Christ. But he's also just talking about nature. Nature says that as we are growing up from childhood, we are progressing into becoming an adult and as we become that adult, we become more and more responsible. We gain knowledge. We gain, as he mentioned, expertise, competence, and those things continue to operate in our lives and that is the expectation of an adult, a witness. Okay, so what is, you know, as it as Process is taking place, and as this young person is going up into sort of a position of authority, is there even a legitimate place of authority? What, what are we talking about? Is this actually Bible, or is this just sort of life skills that we're talking? Let's go all the way back to the beginning. Let's go to Genesis. Okay, in Genesis chapter one, we know, of course, by this time, by the time we get to verse 26, God has created everything, and with the exception of man. So here's verse 26: says, "And God said." Let us make man in our own image, in our likeness, so that they may rule, okay, that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move around the ground. So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them, male and female. He created them. And so as they are in this garden... Okay. the scripture says that he created them, and as he created them, he says, okay, this is an area where you are to rule. not mentions it twice in those passages. They mentions the of being over them, a lord over these things. But so God gave them authority to be over certain aspects of their life. In fact, a vast amount of aspects of life. So you are to rule, you are to have authority over these things. So what does it mean to have authority? what does to mean to have authority. let me finish it. Verse twenty-eight. God blessed them and said to them, "Be fruitful and increase in number for the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground." And there is that second that I do rule. So let's talk about authority. Okay, God gave them. Thank God gave them lots of authority. And he gives them that position, that idea of ruling over them. And they are to have that with the exception that they are still supposed to stay under God's authority. I do understand that. that they are still under God's authority. They are to submit to God. The only exception that God gives to, the, gives to Adam and Eve is that he may not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But everything else, you have authority over. Just don't do this. But you have authority over everything else, but just don't do this. So what do they do? They go, and they do this, right? And as a result, man sins, and so there is the fall that takes place. Now, what we see from this is that God orders it and God ordains it, that the aspect of taking charge is that you have authority, you have responsibility, and you have accountability. Right. You have authority, you have responsibility, and, accountab- and accountability. Which is after a while, you know, this is the reason why after a while, if you've been in charge of things before, you're not the first person to put up your hand anymore. Because you're like, wait a minute, I'm not sure that I want all that authority, responsibility, and accountability. I'm good for somebody else to do that. However, hopefully... You're mature, you're an adult, you go, you know what, that's what God wants me to do, I'm going to take it on. But those three things come with it. And this is sort of a, a, a mistake that immature people make sometimes. They don't understand the implications, the breadth of what authority represents. So what ends up happening is even though God has given us all that authority, we have all that, with it came responsibility, accountability, we have all that, but with the fall and Adam and Eve. What takes place is the consequences, or the accountability, the consequences of the misuse of authority come in, and so we have all the problems, all the forms of life, if you will. The same thing happens in practicality in our life. When we don't take authority in our lives, then we end up having problems in our financial world. We end up having problems in our health. We end up having problems in our marriage, The marriage may be a wreck. If you haven't exercised authority in what you believe, then you may not understand what you believe. I like what Frank Turek says. He's a, a Christian apologist who goes around and defends the gospel. And so he has, uh, we studied a couple years ago, called it, he has a book, a, a book called, uh, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. And so one of the things that he says over and over again is he says so so many young people fall away from the faith because they've never been convinced of it to begin with. You see, they've never taken responsibility for their beliefs. What do I believe? Do I know what the Bible says? What is my position in in these faith issues that the Bible talks about? Have I studied the Bible in a way that I can actually understand and be able to explain the idea of atonement, you know, be able to explain the idea of redemption, to be able to understand why do we have sin, where did evil come from, Who, you know, all these types of things, are, are authority, submission, what's going to happen in the last days, at least be able to discuss it. And so these are some of the struggles that we have, and sometimes you know, if, if we've not taken the authority that we should have, and we're reaping the consequences of it, we may be living below the potential that God has called us to live. In other words, we're underperforming. Right? God has called you to be an adult. Perform like an adult. Take that responsibility. Suck it up. Do it. Make it happen. Get in up. of it's interesting, I, you know, if, I, I'll just tease you with this because I don't want to go into the you know, whole process, but uh, with the idea of taking, you know, going from a child who has prepared to do everything, and then suddenly as they go through the, the you know, they, they begin to crawl, they begin to eat on their own, they can take a spoon in their hand, they, they begin to walk, they begin to talk, they begin to do all the things, and then as they become adolescents, then it's, you know, the idea of, short sure, they have to begin to do things, and there needs to be consequences as a result of what they're doing. They if that they're not doing reward consequences that take place as they get older. Right, the opportunity for them to go out and perhaps fail right under the parent's supervision, so that when they're not under the parent's supervision, right, the failure is not so devastating. as not such a problem for people. Are you with me? So, what is adulthood? Hey, what is adulthood? The question of what being adult is is hotly debated. At 18, we can vote. We can sign up to defend our country. You can't drink. At 21, you can drink. Run to the nation, children can stay on their parents' insurance until they're 26. So, it gets pretty confusing. The Hispanic culture celebrates... Indiana, Indiana, with a woman becoming uh, an adult at 15, and so they have a church party and they have like, a church service, I guess from what Sonia has told me, for the boys they don't have the equivalent, instead parents customarily give the boys a couple thousand dollars to go buy a car. In the Brazilian Amazon, young boys belonging to the indigenous, I'm going to slaughter this name, Separe Mewe tribe, mark their coming of age when they turn 13 in a bullet and ant initiation. So the tradition goes like this. The parents will go out into the Amazon jungle and they'll go find some bullet ants. They will sedate the ants and they will put these ants into a a glove that will leave it for the fingers on the inside of the glove. And so eventually, these ants will wake up in a very angry state. The young boys of thirteen have to put their hands inside the glove, and for ten minutes they have to wear the gloves. If they can do it for ten minutes, then they are a man, right? If they don't make it for ten minutes, they're not a man. So, what is adulthood? Is it surviving the ants? Is it having a for a this What is it? Well, it's pretty hard to figure it out. So, what is it? adulthood. What I going to suggest this morning is that adults have three characteristics that are all, that are all um, essential. These are three essential characteristics. The first one is that, is that adults are created to be equal. The adults are created to be equal. We are familiar with the statement of the Declaration of Independence that says, we hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That is how the declaration of independence begins. This is the statement. All men are created equal. Could this really be true? Could this really be true? be true, because I think in our minds, although not in our society, or at least uh, officially in our society, we have sort of a caste system that we have created, based on our behaviors, based on our beliefs, based on what we've grown up with. It's sort of like this thing, but if in fact, this is true, if in fact Jefferson and Madison and writing the Declaration of Independence. Are correct, or Jefferson in writing the in the if they are correct, and that all men are created equal, then it's an interesting thing. Where did they get that concept from? Well, I believe it came from the Word of God, that we are created in the image of God. We are all created in the image of God. So, whatever the age happens to be, adults are meant to be equal. Children end up growing up to be adults who are for themselves, who leave home and they establish a life of their own, with their own talent, their own direction, their own purpose, their own power, their own office, their own influence, and their own expertise. Adults are able to think for themselves, stand on their own two-feet, disagree with authority figures, and stand with their own opinions. Pretty often isn't it? That is what an adult is. That is the expectation of the adult. It is not something to be feared. It is something to be embraced. But I also think that there is a part of us, probably every one of us as adults, are saying, we're not living up to the full potential of what God has intended for us to be living in the image of God. We have said, well, I'd rather stay a child or a young person in this area of my life that I am not taking on the adult responsibility that are that. Henry Cloud refers to this idea, or to an idea that he says this one-down position, this one-down position, that is, that I am for me, whoever that is, okay, for me, whoever it is. It may be in the workplace. We may be feeling that my boss must be better than I am because he is here and I am here. The reality is, is that we are created equal, okay, in the eyes of God, and what we do is we willingly submit, we're gonna to get to that in a moment, but we willingly submit to them. We surely have, have good ideas. It doesn't mean that we're gonna go around and that's like, we're boss. Right? He's glad that he's boss and you're not. But it's this idea that's one down. what Henry Clark continued to show us that he, he used his hands this way and bring them up to this point right here so we're finally at the same level. It's getting rid of that one down. Now I remember that my you know my first job in in life was first full time job in life was building houses, and so I uh, worked for a, a gentleman that was in our church. Now this gentleman had been um, my Sunday school teacher, so, teacher at our Sunday school teacher at times. Uh, uh, he'd been a board member. He had done various things. with probably don't even remember. Okay, but he was he was this leader, so I looked up to him. I was a teenager looking up. And going, okay, this is this is who he is, This is this is, this is who he is. This is one-up mentality. Then later on, I began to work for him, and I began to see some of his behaviors weren't what they ought to be. And so there was this conflict that began inside of me. I'm like, what is going on here? These things shouldn't be the way they they are. Until so finally, I had to confront him. Right, I had to talk to him. And I had to say, hey, I see these things going on. This is what's taking place. This is, you know, this is what's going on in uh, the workplace. And I began to have that talk with him, and it begins to be eye-to-eye. Well, but eye. it was shocking to me. As a kid, growing up into adulthood, that suddenly it's like, oh, wait, this is gone. And so now there is this eye-to-eye relationship. Why? Because we are eye-to-eye. We are created equal in the eyes of God. Are you with me? Now, so, equality the equality is based on God's design, and when we don't stand on our own two feet, we're living beneath God's purpose and his plan for your life. I'm going to re- re- say that again. Equality is based on God's design, and when we don't stand on our own two feet, we are living beneath God's purpose and plans for your life. So that's the first one. The second one is this. The adults are willing. To submit. Now we got to put this together. First point was this: was that we're equal, right? I think we have been made equal. for so the Declaration of Independence, looking picture, is based on reality from the Bible. Okay, and the is of God, so we're equal. And then secondly, adults are willing to submit. Adults are willing to submit. So. Those things are true, but submission to God's authority and it's through submission to God's authority that we learn obedience to God. And okay, we willingly submit ourselves to the Lord, and we say, "Lord, this is the direction you're speaking to my heart. Therefore, this is what I'm going to do. Okay, I'm going to obey." where God is asking, and I'm willingly facing myself into a place of, uh, of submission. Now, somebody asked me the other day uh, on a forum that I was reading, and they said this, they said, if God had killed Satan initially or, as, as a solution, they said, as a solution to sin, why didn't God just kill Satan and get rid of the issue? Well, then you wouldn't have this issue of willing submission. You see, evil is bigger than Satan. Evil is disobedience to God. Anything that is disobedient to God is evil, not a person. And so, what happens is, in our willing submission to who God is, then that is what God wants to happen. So, what we do as adults is willingly submit. Look at Matthew in Matthew chapter twenty, verses twenty-five to twenty-eight. Jesus called them together and he said, "You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them." and the high officials exercise authority over them. Now he sets it up. He okay, says, so this is what you're going to do. So not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So what he's saying is he's saying, look, here's the model that I want you to understand, and that is that we willingly, so we willingly submit to others for the gospel to the same. So our relationships with others all throughout our lives about one-down relationships. They aren't this line of relationships, but instead what they are is that they are willingly submitting to one another out of love for others. Famously, in the Bible, Ephesians talks about the relationship of the husband and wife. Wives, submit yourself to your husband. Okay, wives, submit yourself to your husband. Again, created equal, willing submission to the husband. Right? Okay, willing submission to the husband. And guess what? In the same way that you do to the Lord. Like we willingly submit to the Lord the same way that we willingly submit to the Lord. wives are commanded to willingly submit to the husband. By the way, the husband is willingly submitting to the Lord too, right? Otherwise, he's not walking in Christ. Submit to the relationship, is true. equality, but there's this willing submission that is taking place in our lives. Submit is not a bad word. It is, okay, we need to get it out of our lexicon. it is not a bad word. If it were a bad word, then why would Jesus do it? Okay, submission is not a reflection of inferiority. It's not a reflection of inferiority. Okay. It's not being of lesser worth. After all, Jesus submitted himself to the will of the Father without giving up even an iota of his worth. So why? You're not giving up any of your worth by submitting to your husband? You're just doing out of willful submission because it is the way that God has established. In the same way, men, you don't give up any iota of your work to the Lord as you submit to Him right? because you are created in His image. A teenager who says that you know, who feels that they qualify as an adult is not willing to submit, but he's not willing to submit to the office, to the head of the home, is still immature in this area. Like, mean, Roman is struggling, he talks about this is going on, and so the adolescence is coming up, and it's wanting to be eye-to-eye. But if they're not submitting to the parental, you know, the parents of the household, then they're immature in this area of accountability and responsibility. And they may be feeling all the biological effects of becoming an adult, right? But they have. they're still immature in this place, where they have not understood this willful submission that often takes place. You may remember a statement that's attributed to Mark Twain, and so when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I couldn't hardly stand to be around him. But when I got to be 41, I just astonished how much he'd learned in seven years. Good so old Mark Twain. You know, even in the workplace, we willingly submit to those people that are in authority, because we are adults ourselves. We can have our own opinions, but we ought to have our own opinions. I would say, you know, I, I, I've been taught if there's a problem, I need to submit an answer to it. I need to submit at least a suggestion to it. So every time that I go into a meeting, I, I feel completely unprepared if I don't have a solution. I'm not saying take my solution, I'm just saying I have an opinion and here it is. Otherwise, I would have been reversed and I would have been sent out the door. Right? That is not, you don't come in here without a solution. So it's a matter of having an idea. So in the workplace, we're equal, but we submit to those people in authority. We even submit to the rules of the workplace for the betterment of everybody that is in the workplace. So that we can all operate in love together, but we willingly follow the rules, and we willingly follow the leader of that workplace because we are submitting an authority to it for us. You don't like it? Leave. Okay. That's it. This next one and here's another another characteristic of adults. Okay, adults are. Able to see principles instead of rules. Adults are able to see the principles instead of rules. Last week, I had a conversation um, with somebody who said about um, the, uh, you know, we have, there's a new carpet and stuff, we have to you know, please, you know, make sure your, your cups are covered, you know, I'd try not to do our best not to have food in here, and is it a rule, you know, is, yeah, it's a rule, okay, it's out there for the rule. But what is the principle behind it? The principle is stewardship. And we had a lot of people who donated to make this guy into the interior. So what we want to do is steward it well. Now, it's not about the rule, but it's about the principle behind it. The rules are destructive, but rules can also be helpful to us to be able to make sure that we can continue to practice. And so it's the principle behind things that are going on now. Let's look at these for okay Here in Mark chapter seven, and I, I abbreviated it, but you have this conversation that's going on between Jesus, the Pharisees, some of the teachers of the law. Show yeah. up. They look at Jesus and his the disciples. And they're, they're eating, and the Pharisees are upset because they didn't go through the ceremonial washing of hands that they needed to. All right? I'll maybe hear a thing that they had not worked wash so they hadn't gone through the ceremonial washing the hand of hands. Yeah, the ceremonial washing the hands. So Jesus says this. He says, He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about your hypocrites, you hypocrites. As it is written, These people honor me with their lips, but with their hearts, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human tradition. In other words, what he thinks of them is, says, look, you've got all these rules that you've created. You've got to go through all these different types of rituals and, and so forth and all these kind of things. This is but you've missed the principle of the thing. So you're missing out on the principle of understanding what you ought to do. He points that out to the Pharisees. You need to be paying attention to the principle and not the rules. Now, so for a lot of, for many months, as I leave church, especially in the evening, when it's not a lot traffic. And I go down to my turn there on on Huff Smith Road. There's a you get into the left lane, and so there's a turn signal there, and so you wait for this green light to be able to go. Anybody else turns and you know I'm talking about. So you're sitting at that light, and it goes, the cycles. The people left and right are allowed to pass, and then it cycles again. The people here, you know, on again they're you know running with you your direction. They go. And then they go again, and you're still sitting there in the light. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Now, now, this is said from a, a retired officer right there. Thank you for the endorsement. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, do I need to follow the rule of this light that says I can't go, or is the principle of this thing, of all lights, the idea of safety, right, and for the, the, the protection of the public, so as long as it's safe, as long as everybody else is okay and I can make it through the intersection, am I not satisfying the principle of what this light is. So, the yeah, I go, right? I go, right? So, the principle, this is sort of a silly illustration, the principle is more important than the rule, right? The adults are able to sort that out. It's not about the rules. It's not about living in legalism and having to do this and do that. It's what is the principle going on, and as adults, we should begin to understand what that principle is. Even in my, you know, I, I pulled this out some of the lessons, two weeks ago, but even when I had people staying in my home, my my, uh, uh, my relatives and, and everybody else, I brought out, and, and this came back to me, I brought this up. They thought it was coincidental because Mark and Sonia had moved in. No, it's just going to it. So I brought, I brought out this happy home rule. And so in the home rules, what I created was principles because I didn't want to get ruled that. Or to rule everybody else to death. Also, an old, old teaching practice. So what I said was: Here are the principles. Number one is submission to God. Right when when I had my kids or I had my um, my nephew live with me, it was like, Ryan, you need to go to church with us, you go to church somewhere, or you don't live with me. Right, that's the way it's going to be. I'm not going to have somebody live for hell in my house. Right? it's not going to work. It may sounds difficult, but he's an adult. Be an adult. The other is you know well okay going on Submission to God harmony okay I talked about harmony harmony is important one of the principles productivity you live in my house you're not going to sleep until eleven o'clock in the morning you're going to get up you're going to do something you see the lawn needs to be you get out there and mow it you know go split wood go do something that you know something to keep you occupied but you're not going to sleep till eleven you're going to be productive. So there's productivity as well as, as another principle, respect and appreciation. And these things are all part of that principle instead of rules. You see, when we start to rule people to death, you must, you must, you must, be must. Right? And so we're operating completely on rules to we're not understanding what the principle is. About. So how do we live free as an adult? Okay, how do we live free as an adult? Obviously, it's taking those three principles and beginning to them into life. Understand that you are created to be an adult. Understand that you are created to be equal. Understand that there is that willing submission that needs to be taking place and operating in your life. And also understand that you need to understand the principles, see the picture of the principles and value them more than you value the rules. Wouldn't it be amazing if if we saw ourselves the way that God sees us? Imagine if all of us, understood that we had authority and power that God intends for us to have. Imagine that we all viewed ourselves and others as equals. Imagine if we were willing to submit to God and one another in love and were principle-driven instead of rule-driven. I think that we would all agree it would be paradise. That would be pretty nice. you with me? That would be pretty nice. So there are areas that we need to work out our immaturity. I'm just going to kind of uh, quickly, go through these ideas. We need to reevaluate our beliefs. Why do you believe what you believe? There may be something that just happens to be that way. I remember my uh, my professor. He, he, uh, he was making. Are you putting cereal? He was making cereal for morning. And, and so this is the you know, he was making. So he was making cereal, and he goes in and he's like eating it, and he's going, like, "Man, this is really just kind of boring. It's got no flavor." And so he gets and puts one teaspoon of, one of the sugar on it. He's eating it, and oh man, this is oh no, still, still not real good. And he goes, "Well, why do I stop the one? Why don't I put another one on?" And he realized he says, "It was because his mother always said you have to do it this way." Right? You could never put in more than one piece for sugar. Now, I was just discount the idea what a sugar is good for But the idea is, why is he believing that it has to be that way? Because his parents, and I find that a lot of things that we are doing, especially in a marriage relationship, when we come together, that's because her parents taught her this, his parents taught him that, but it's hard to figure it out. why I think it's so important to go, you know, the major things that are out your parenting style, your uh, finances. So if one of you fi- did finances one way, the other one did finances another way, why don't you come up with something in between? I suggest Finance Peace University with state Ramsey, and both of you say, hey, regardless of how we were raised, this is what we're gonna do. And so you agree to agree to work on one thing. Parenting. You all come from different backgrounds with parenting, and so how do we put all that together? So begin to learn. Begin to figure out, well, what does the Bible say about parenting? And together, you begin to learn. You begin to put it into your life. And then two of you are singing the same sheet off the same sheet music. Are you with me? We need to be free to disagree with authority figures. fingers. Not be cruel. Not be mean. Not be in, 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 uh, you know, out of court spirit. But just use them opinions. Right? Be willing to be able to make that or to be able to express that, that opinion. How about seeing parents and authority figures realistically? Some of us need to forgive our parents. Sorry. You know, if mom or dad did something that we didn't like and we have taken it as baggage with us and we're like, you know what? They're probably hurting from it as well. If you will release them in forgiveness of it, you begin to operate as an adult in your life about it and you go. You know what? I'm not going to treat my kids that way. I'm not going to treat others that way. I'm not going to treat my spouse that way. And you begin to go. I am living as an adult, healthy, whole myself as an adult. Forgive them. Let it go. As they say in prison. Go. make your own decisions. Make your own decisions. I was talking to somebody this past week, and they're going, well, I'll do this if this doesn't happen. They don't decide this. They don't decide this. It was like this enormous rules You know, kind of amazed like at things that would happen. And like, man, you got got many different. What do you want to do? What is your decision that you're going to make? Figure it out. Deal with your sexuality. Why do you believe the things that you do? Is that scriptural, or is that because you picked that up from somewhere? Check it out. That's quite real is. Hang on to that. Right. Give permission to be equal with your parents. Some of us are still functioning with a one-up mentality with our parents. We need to get to a place. Yes, you honor your parents. Right. But you need to get to the place where you can say, you know what, mom, dad, hey, I love you. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. Right? And you can't manipulate it. You can't make it happen this way. This is why this is, 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 is adulting. You need to recognize the first two talents. Right? You you wonder you, you feel inferior inferior in certain aspects. Well, why? Because you don't do that so well. Well, then practice becomes competent and it. Like, Dr. Tom practice a lot of other things that you we know, go through, um, the idea of just disciple yourself. You know, are you, have you taken authority over what you know about the Scripture? Have you um, just begun to incorporate it into your life and begin to really kind of um, uh, do, do a, a study? Um, appreciate your mystery in the unknown. There's just some things that we don't understand. I love Deuteronomy 29. It says, "It says basically, I'm paraphrasing it. But it's basically, you know, understand what God has given you to know. The rest of it is God for Him to know. Guess what? There are things I don't need to understand, and I give it to Him. It's the mystery area. God, He can, you can explain, you can explain gravity to me when I get there. So, there are of the areas that we need to begin to adult with, and, and here's, how, here's how we adult well. Use the things that we need to do to adult well. I've mentioned this before. i used this analogy before, but I, I uh, it was just share it again, just because I think it makes a, 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 just a very a strong point. You know, it is entertaining to go to Disney and to visit Neverland, Neverland is the home of an eternally young boy named Peter Pan. The author describes Peter Pan. Now, listen. This is out of the book. The author describes Peter Pan this way: He's dressed in leaves. He's got cobwebs. He still has his first set of teeth. Also, the home of the Lost Boys is the little children who have fallen out of their baby carriages. Wendy is the only voice of reason in the world. And although Peter Pan is great for entertainment, it's not good suggestion of how we should live our lives. There may be parts of us. That we are immature. We may be in an adult body, but we may be immature because we don't understand that we have been created to be people. We don't understand what it means to be willingly submissive. And we don't understand these things about adulthood, and we need to do it. So we end up looking like Peter Pan in some areas of our lives, that we need to be set for God makes this statement, says everyone who has ever lived except Adam and Eve has encountered the problem of being born a little person in a big person's world and being given the task of becoming a big person over time. We are all born children under adult authority, and over time we are expected to become adults ourselves and take charge of our lives. This task is not easy. Sometimes we have to overcome issues of immaturity in our lives. I guess, you know, if, if I were to one day stand before the Lord and the Lord hold me accountable for this message right here, if it has affected anybody in any way, to say, well, you know what, Pastor, there's an area of my life that is immature and it needs to develop in my life so I'm not operating as an adult. I need to take responsibility, accountability, and I need to operate in that area so that it can become Then I will say I've done my job. But so the beauty is this: even if there are numerous areas where you're struggling, there can be healing in those areas. God has provided healing for us, and so the place that we should first begin is in prayer. When we just simply go to the Lord, we say, "Lord, please." Holy Spirit, to the message that's been shared this morning, Lord, I, I understand that there are some things in my life that I need to really deal with. I need to get They've me and my husband or me and my child to fight. Like there has been animosity between myself and my kids for a period of time. I don't go into my workplace with the right attitude that I ought to have in the workplace. And the list could go on and on. And you just say, Lord, I want this to stop. Help me to become. Who you've called me to be, who you empowered me to be. And so that just as you have told Adam and Eve, rule over these areas, Lord, I want to rule over the area that you have given to me in the dominion of my life. Can say amen? I ask you to stand with me as we conclude. I believe that when we understand God's design for our life, when we understand God's design for our life, it will set us free give us the freedom that God has taught us or has called us to. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this word. I thank you for this series. Lord, I pray that we continue to just uh, speak to us through the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, you would call us or call us, Lord, to become adults. Lord, you never intended for us Lord, to be uh, the, the, the picture that the world has painted for Christians. Ridiculous, effeminate, weak people. But Lord, you call us to be strong. When I think of the song we sang earlier, I raise up hallelujah. And Lord, the strength that's in that song, the words that speak about singing out in the middle of the storm, rising up from ashes. Lord, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to be the men and women that you call us to be. That, Lord, we would walk in that strength. And that, Lord, through it, that, Lord, there would be freedom in our marriages, that there hope and healing in our marriages, there's there would be healing in our families. Lord, both those families that are present right now, and, Lord, those that are extended. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing work. Lord, I thank you for truth that you have shared with us and ask him to pray to Jesus Christ, and everyone said. Amen, amen. God bless you. If you like prayer, I invite you to come up to the altar love to play with you. If there is something that you want to just to reside to the Lord, it's right now time to do business. I invite you to come up to the altar. Great opportunity for that. We invite you to come back tonight through life encounter. Another opportunity to worship the Lord and get allow the of spirit to move in a powerful way and pray for our nation. God bless you. Love you. Be safe. And we'll see you very soon.